on this morning's show. It's a pregame show because we didn't get to do this yesterday. We're going to preview the game that starts at 1.07 p.m. Friday afternoon. And Nestor Cortez wrote something for the Players' Tribune. We'll talk about that. And we're going to discuss Mariners-Astros because that's been an interesting series so far. All that next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday morning, Yankees fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So last night I was planning on doing a show at the time that the game would have been happening, but guess what? Our system was down and every host was affected and it didn't come back on until midnight-ish. So here I am recording this at 8.06 a.m., your pregame show, which means you're getting two shows today because I will be doing a postgame show as well after the game ends this afternoon. Thanks to Mother Nature, the game... (laughs) is this afternoon at 1.07 p.m. at Yankee Stadium. This doesn't please me just because it's difficult for people who had night tickets to be able to go to a 1.07 game on a Friday. If this were a rainout that affected a game later in the week and say you had to go to a 107 game on a Saturday, it'd be a lot easier. And I feel like the home field advantage kind of goes away there because you're not going to see as many people at the game today. I don't think. I don't think. And that's, that's not cool. I don't like that at all, actually. So it'll be Nestor Cortez against Shane Bieber. Nestor Cortez, 12 and four with a 2.44 ERA. Bieber was 13 and eight with a 2.88 ERA. Huh. Some of those numbers are interesting, huh? Yeah, Shane Bieber I watched him pitch in the wild card series. And my first thought when I saw him, it's not like the, this isn't the first time I've seen Shane Bieber, but it was the first time I was paying attention to how Shane Bieber looks. And he reminds me of a cross between Tyler Wade and younger Paul O'Neill. Let me know if you see that too. People will probably think I'm crazy for saying that, but yeah. So the game is on TBS. You can hear it on FAN, and that's in New York. And then in Cleveland, you can hear it on their ESPN station. Bieber's 1-0 with a 1.17 ERA and eight strikeouts this postseason. And, well, Nestor hasn't pitched yet. So what are we going to do about that? Nothing. Now, the interesting thing is, because of the rainout... Severino is still lined up to pitch on Saturday against the Guardians in Cleveland. And the other bad thing is 
there's going to be a bunch of games. They're going to be bunched together because it's going to be today, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if it gets to a fifth game because the rainout did that. And the schedule was kind of weird to begin with where for some unknown reason, there was a break between games one and two and then two and three, right? And then nothing between three, four and five. I don't, MLB, what are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? And I know some people were saying that others were complaining too much about this, but we knew the weather was going to be bad in New York. They were, they were saying it on Monday. And instead of being proactive, MLB was just like, well, there's nothing we can do about it because we set this schedule because instead of having four games in a day, we're going to do two and two and make this a really odd schedule for everyone. So thank you, MLB. Thank you for that. But at least it rained because, you know, sometimes when they cancel games well ahead of time because the forecast is really bad and then it doesn't turn out to be that bad, it was actually bad in New York last night. So at least they were smart about that. But I am not happy about this whole two, three, four, five being played Monday, Monday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But if the Yankees can uh, do all right and not screw this up, maybe there won't be a need for game five. Now, Boone said, if they're in a game five, you could possibly see Jamison Tyone or Domingo Herman with a possibility of a bullpen game also. A bullpen game? Sir, game five means you win or go home. Why on earth would you do a bullpen game in that situation? Let's not get it to game five, okay? Let's, let's, Let's take care of business before game five so we don't have to think about this because this is frightening to think about. The Yankees with their season on the line, either throwing out Domingo Herman, Jamison Tyone, or the bullpen. You should be frightened. That's a frightening thought. I don't like that at all. He said, hopefully we're not in a game five situation, but if we are, we'll see. Yeah, uh, let's, 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 <laughs> let's hope we're not in a game five situation. Now, the other good thing about the fact that there were two off games, essentially, because of the scheduled off day and the rain out, everyone's rested. Although that's not an advantage for the Yankees in the sense that so is everyone on the Guardians, because the advantage to having the bye was that you had the bye and the other team was stuck playing the wildcard series. And now that's just wiped out because everyone's rested. So, yeah, the scheduling leaves a lot to be desired. And maybe they'll do something different next year. We'll see. So in a moment, we're going to discuss Nestor Cortez writing something in the Players' Tribune. And if you haven't read it yet, I have some quotes from it that are interesting. But first, 
Dress shirts are tricky. It's hard to find one that fits right while also being comfortable and matches your style. Plus, with all the hustle and bustle you got going on, you need a dress shirt that looks good enough to get the deal done at work, but is comfortable enough to play catch with your kid after dropping them off at practice. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle-release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. That's a big key. That saves you money. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use code locked on. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. So, I'm not, I don't know. I was feeling better about this series before this rain out, and I think it's because the Yankees have had some issues with rainouts in the past, and that worries me. Not recently. Sorry, had a hair on my nose. Um, I think back to, I think back to Detroit. 2006, which was a really long time ago, but the Yankees famously had a, a rain out. I was sitting there in the rain in the upper deck in left field, wearing a poncho, was sitting through it, and then them deciding, okay, we're going to call this. And they delayed the game till the next day at, it was like a four o'clock start. And my bosses at NBC luckily let me go because I told them I would work late for a few days after that to make up my hours, which I was always good for. And they knew I would. So <laughs> go to the game. And I can't even remember what happened in that game. Was that the game when Detroit came back and won? See, see, that's fuzzy to me. I just remember the rainout screwing the Yankees. And there was another series where a rainout screwed them, kind of. Oh, 2011 against Detroit. It was the rain that postponed game one, and they had to do a continuation and a resumption. And then it kind of screwed with them. Now, there was a time when a rainout didn't screw them, but it wasn't a five-game series. It was against the Angels in 09. You know, there's a little more wiggle room with a seven-game series, but five-game series are anything can happen. And this just makes me uneasy. Hopefully, Nestor will be okay. He does well in day games. His ERA is below two during game days. But I'm... Uh, day games. Look, I haven't had my coffee yet, okay? So I'm just hoping that Nestor pitches the way he's been pitching all year. I just don't want a situation where, where we were all worried about Cole. Not all, but some of us were worried about Cole just because of past performances and 
you know, knowing that he gave up 33 home runs. He did give up a home run the other night, but it was the only run he gave up. So that worked for him. But I hope this isn't a situation where we were all worried about Cole going into game one and confident about Nestor going into game two and Nestor not being Nestor, you know? So speaking of Mr. Cortez, he wrote a piece for the Players Tribune called Time to Lock in New York. Amen, sir. Now, there was one part of this that I thought was really interesting that I'll get to in a moment, but I really like this. I really liked this. It's interesting to get to know his personality. Plus, he was mic'd up during game one. They played some of the stuff that he was saying, and I joked on Twitter that they should mic him up during his start, like they did during the All-Star game, because that would be amazing. But he said in this piece about pregame urgency, he said that pregame urgency for me, it always comes and it always feels the same too. First game of the season, last game, a random game against a bad team, huge rivalry game. It doesn't matter. It's always there. Always. Because I treat every start like it could be my last one. For me, anytime I take the mound, I'm thinking this game right now, this just might be your last opportunity ever to prove what you can do. So you better be ready to go. That's my mentality no matter what. You see, that makes me feel better about today. <laughs> ah! And it's funny, um, an account I follow on Instagram was showing footage of Nestor pitching in, I believe it was Dodger Stadium, Was right? Was that 2019 when they wore those black uniforms and the Dodgers wore the all white uniforms? They were like the special player weekend uniforms. That was 2019, right? And you know, he used to come out of the bullpen, and while his numbers weren't great, he did have flashes of what he's become since then. And it was during that start of the, against the Dodgers where you could see what Nestor would have become or will have become. <laughs> yeah. So he thought after he got DFA'd by the Orioles a few years ago that his career was over because they were a last place team. And he's like, you're done. You just got DFA'd by a last place team. It's over. So I think the fact that he had experiences like that and he's worked so hard to get to where he is makes him the way he is. Does that make sense? And he said something really interesting about how the team treats Aaron Judge. Because Aaron Judge is basically the captain. Even though he's never been named the captain, he's the captain of this team. And the entire clubhouse respects him. Other players from around the league respect him. I told you guys about how Tyler Glass now was on Chris Rose's podcast talking about how the Yankees should just back up the Brinks truck and sign Judge. But he also mentioned how Judge is a good teammate, how he's a good person. You don't hear guys, well, you wouldn't hear it anyway, but you don't get the feeling that the players from around the league have a problem with Judge. They all like him. So, yeah, he's the captain. But this this sounded interesting, and one of my friends made a joke that it sounded like they treat him like Tony Soprano. But this was the, uh, this was the paragraph from Nestor in this piece. 
I feel so fortunate to be around guys like Aaron and Rizzo and Cole and Seve and just on and on. This group, I'm telling you, it's special. We care so much about one another. Let me give you a quick example. So when we're on the road and we finish up that last game of a series and we're packing up to leave, a lot of players, myself included, won't leave the clubhouse until Aaron leaves. No one says anything. We don't make a big deal of it. But it's just like, that's our guy. It's a respect thing. It does sound like a Tony Soprano thing, doesn't it? Like he's the boss and they have to respect him and wait for him to do things and wait for his word to do things. I find that really funny. But I love how close-knit this group is. They showed that they can get through a really horrible stretch and rebound because after that 10 and 18 performance in August, they were a combined 20 and 11 in September and October. And let's not even talk about the games that happened after they clinched the division. They weren't really trying. If they really wanted to try, they would have won more than two out of three against Baltimore and split with Texas. Let's just say if they had more on the line, if they hadn't clinched the division, those series would have gone differently. I'm convinced. So in a moment, we're going to talk about the other division series because um, Seattle is in a world of trouble. But first, a word from our sponsors. Okay, woof, the poor Mariners. Ew. The only game that was on yesterday, Astros Mariners in Houston, and it just was not a good time for the Mariners. It wasn't a good time for the Mariners in game one either. <laughs> they had a big lead, lost on a walk-off, Robbie Ray, Jordan Alvarez, and Jordan Alvarez is scary. And he's why the Mariners lost game two as well. And I just always think of Gary Thorne and how he reacted to Glaber Torres beating up on the Orioles three seasons ago. And just do this. If you're not watching on YouTube, I'm throwing up four fingers. No matter what, throw this up. Don't pitch to that guy. I wouldn't pitch to him. So in the sixth inning... He hit a two-run home run to put the Astros up in the game. And that's the other thing. The Mariners keep getting leads and losing them. Now, this game was kind of back and forth. Houston scored first. Then Mariners, it, it, was, it was a seesaw kind of a game. The first game was not. The Mariners were doing really well. And then just... It was similar to what the Mariners did to the Blue Jays. So, yeah... It was, it was not great. Jordan Alvarez is the only player in postseason history with multiple go-ahead home runs in the sixth inning or later with his team trailing. And it's his last two games. That's scary. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Dusty Baker said that's some Barry Bonds type stuff there. And it's true because they ended up intentionally walking him after that. But Scott Service, what are you doing? Why would you even pitch to him at that point when he hit the home run? I wouldn't have. I would have been like, yeah, no, go. Go. Service said about Jordan Alvarez. Obviously, he's done some damage against us in this series. You think? He's hot right now. You've got to recognize that. I think you kind of game plan in how you want to go through their lineup and the guys you want to be careful with. 
So in the history of best of five postseason series, teams that take a 2-0 lead have gone on to win the series 77 out of 87 times. That works out to 89%. Of the 10 teams to come back, the most recent was our New York Yankees in 2017 against Cleveland. In division series with the current 2-2-1 format, teams winning both games one games, game one and two in their home ballparks have advanced 30 out of 33 times, with 19 finishing off the sweep in game three. So the good thing for Seattle is they're heading home to Seattle and their fans are ready for this. They've been waiting for the postseason for 21 years. So they're going to have a very loud crowd cheering them on. But they're facing the Astros, who have postseason experience, obviously, because they can't stop making ALCSs. And I was going to say Seattle has to get out to an early lead, but that's what happened in game one, and they still blew it. So... I don't know how that's going to go. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Alex Bregman said they have great fans there. They're going to show up. It's going to be loud and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be postseason baseball. They have a really good team. It's just going to be a great atmosphere. I know the guys are excited to go play and look forward to getting out there. Well, of course you do. You have a 2 nothing lead in a five-game series. <laughs> so, yeah, he hit. Uh, he hit. <laughs> Jordan Alvarez hit. The go-ahead home run in the sixth, off Castillo, and it was a 98.3 mile an hour sinker, and it landed in the Crawford boxes. And Castillo had only allowed three base runners to that point, and he gave up a solo home run to Kyle Tucker in the second. That's when Houston had the lead first. A double by Jeremy Pena in the fourth and a bloop single by Pena ahead of Alvarez's homer. So that's how the two runs scored on that home run. Alvarez said about Castillo, I think that he was having a great game. He's a great pitcher, but I faced him twice earlier in the game and went up there just trying to look for a good pitch to make good contact on. And that was the one I got. And thankfully, I was able to connect there. Castillo said he was surprised Alvarez Alvarez was able to put the barrel on the ball that was about four inches off the plate. That's right, because it was, yeah. Again, Jordan Alvarez is frightening. He's the guy on the Astros. Like, they have a few hitters that you shouldn't play around with, but he's the one that you don't want to see up in a crucial situation. Yeah, and the Mariners learned that twice so far. So maybe they can stop the bleeding in Game 3 in Seattle. We'll see how that goes. So that would be tomorrow. Right, because the Yankees and Cleveland game three will also be tomorrow. Yeah, so how are we feeling everyone? Leave a comment below and let me know how you're feeling about game two. Again, I'm not worried about Nestor. I'm not worried about Nestor. I'm just worried about the fact that it's a game after a rainout. There might not be as many people there. It might not feel like a postseason game. Tuesday felt like a postseason game. 
that was a great atmosphere. I'm afraid that a little bit is going to be lost because of this being a makeup game at 107 in the afternoon. Again, Nestor Cortez against Shane Bieber. The Yankees have had some success against Shane Bieber, but Shane Bieber is a really good pitcher, and it'll be interesting to see how the lineup does against him and what the lineup's going to be. I'm recording this too early to know what the lineup is going to be. So we're doing this show, and then we're doing a post-game show. So whatever time the game ends, you will see my face, hopefully in a different outfit. <laughs> and hopefully it'll be a good result and we'll be, you know, happy-go-lucky after today's game. We'll see. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment, and click the bell so you know when our videos go live. And now that you've made us your first listen, how about making your second listen the Locked On MLB Podcast? MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy the game, and I will talk to you after the game. Thank you.